皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and hot lovers of Shukvastan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Alison Brown. Alison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa, I've got my bag of food hanging around my neck, <laughs> so I am ready to go. <laughs> You've been in the stables? Am I, I'm not putting you out to pasture. It's, no, it's the race walkers. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did have all those feed bags around their necks. <laughs> Though I wouldn't mind hanging out with the horses. You know how I've fallen in love with the horses this games. Oh, man. We are on day 15. Everything's winding down. I don't know about you, that, that level of disappointment is starting to sink in. There's that, oh, my gosh, finally, we've, we've, we've almost gotten through this. And yet, oh, no more Olympics. Until for two weeks, then we have the Paralympics, which is going to be very exciting. But... You know, it's it's one. It is really one of those like, oh, it's over. It's almost December twenty sixth. Yeah, so like exactly. on the evening of December twenty fifth, when all the presents are opened and dessert is finished, and you're like, do I want more? Maybe another piece of pie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we still have the weekend. We still have closing ceremonies. We still have lots of sports happening. We do have lots of sports happening. We still have twenty one sports going on. So that is exciting. Doing a little follow-up file on the Belarusian situation. So two Belarusian coaches who cut uh, Kristina Tsimanowskaya's uh, Tokyo Olympic short, they've had their accreditations revoked and they've been removed from the Athletes' Village. This is athletics head coach Yuri Mosevich and team official Artur Schumach. So the Belarus Olympic Committee has said that they hope to appeal the IOC's decision and continue a dialogue with the IOC. We'll see what happens. This will be an ongoing situation, I I imagine. want to give a shout-out and some props to Patrick from Green Bay. On Twitter, he was, as I mentioned in the shot put competition, the podium from this year's Olympics is the same as the podium from Rio 2016, and he wondered how often an exact repeat of a podium has ever happened, and he, he uh, tagged me, so I tagged historian Bill Mallon and... Uh, Hillary Evans and Bill Mallon got on that and did some research and that has never happened before in athletics in an individual event and that little notice made the Tokyo 2020 blog so it was very nice nice good job Patrick. bringing people together exactly um in other news the <laughs> the medal standings are interesting no depending on what country you talk to because the U.S. has put itself on top of the leaderboard even though it has not won the most gold. It's it's one of those, how are you slicing the medal data if you care about the medal counts? So in terms of numbers of medals, the U.S. has the most, but we don't have the most gold medals. And some places think the most gold medals should be winning. Other places are like, well, if you assign points values to different medals, that shakes up the, the standings in a different way. But it does feel this. We've noted that it does feel this time like the U.S. has not been super dominant like it usually has been. And... Mike Tirico said that 88 different countries have won medals at these games, and that is more than ever before, which I... Well, go ahead. it's nice to have the fact behind what we keep saying. Yeah, because we haven't looked... We haven't, I haven't looked at the list, to be honest. I do want to before the games is over, but it is... I mean, I think it's fabulous that more and more countries are winning medals, and uh, that that just spreads the wealth around and make I I, I I mean I always think of when we talked with uh, Felicity Passon and how being from a small country and getting to go to the Olympics and you as a small country feel like you're a player on the big stage and most of the time you're not so it makes me f- uh, feel good that that other countries are starting to feel that excitement at what it's like to win medals all right where is Marnie McBean today Marnie McBean had a big day at women's football. We'll get to that later. She was having a lovely brunch in the village, and she was at the evening athletics. Hmm. Excellent. All right, moving on to which officiating or volunteer job would you like to do and you would like to do today? So it seems like we're both going to be at rock climbing. (laughs) So there are two people involved in the rope in bouldering. So Mm -hmm. there's one person who actually assists and is on the course yeah like you know, to help you belay right. yeah for the lead but course when they bring it out there's a person behind the assistant who just holds a big basket of rope 
and I want to be the basket girl because she just comes on, drops the basket and runs. <laughs> nice, nice. The other thing, I, the other job I like in sport climbing is the person who uh, scrubs off the rocks because there's a lot of chalk on the rocks. And I think we noted this with when we talked with Josh Levin. And uh, there are people, sometimes it's the athletes themselves who want to adjust the amount of chalk that's up there. But there are people who go in and, and scrub them all down in between. And they had cool tools. They do. They had the long-handled scrubbers. It is a long-handled scrubber. And by golly, I could probably use one of those in my house. Can you imagine just getting behind stuff with it? be awesome. <laughs> uh, right. How is How are things going on in our fantasy league? Well, Sholastan is killing us all at 886. P.S. Uh, Gala is at 387 and Calibri is at 370. Finally, some movements in brackets. Sholastan is also killing us at 220. <laughs> I am at 160, but you and Olympic fan Dan are tied for third at 150. Hmm. And everything's locked now, so we just have to wait it out. All right, it is time for What is Up with Mike and Maya. Mike and Maya of the Toyota First Date commercial where Mike asks Maya to the school dance. Uh, and he is he does so well in the hospital, but he's magically also in the school hallway at the same time thanks to a rolling digital robot screen. And I got to say, like, I literally only saw this commercial two or three times yesterday. And it has seemed to decrease, but I saw it on the TV yesterday. Uh, so did which I. I so did I. Because that's where this comes in. Because I saw it on the TV and then I got weird at home. <laughs> because I took pictures of screens. I started writing stuff down. Because I think I have proof that our theory from listeners Brian and listeners Beth that the Chevy Silverado guy is Maya's dad is true because I started noticing what was in Maya's locker and she has a picture of a cat that looks eerily like Walter the cat. And down at the bottom, there's a picture from when it, it looks like when she was younger and it looks like her and a sibling doing gymnastics in a yard or in a park. And there is an adult male on a blanket nearby watching them who also looks like Walter's owner. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we have I think we have proof. Now I was concerned about the pom pom in Maya's locker. Mm -hmm. Does that mean she's a cheerleader? And is that the issue? Do we have the West Side Story high school musical cheerleader and skateboard problem? I don't know, because I wondered that too. And Ben thought, no, those are just like for spirit week. Because there's a pom-pom in her locker and a pom-pom above her locker. And it's obviously kind of spirity thing because it's Olympic days and all that stuff. Um, I do wonder what the other, the other big thing in her locker is a note. And it says, thank you so much for giving me a chance to contribute to your move. Best thing about all of this, friendship. Christy. P.S. Want another one? Smiley face. I told you I spent too much time looking at this. Who yesterday. is Christy? Christy is definitely not Heather in the purple jacket. No, she's not. Oh, maybe Christy is Mike's friend. The pick me girl? Yes. Wouldn't that be interesting? Hmm. Hmm. To be continued. I'm starting to feel like some of those, uh, you know, amateur detectives who track down cold cases. Well, I have another concern about Mike. We'll get to that tomorrow. Okay, excellent. Um, and before we get to today's action, we'd like to tell you a little bit about our Kickstarter campaign. This is to help fund our travels to the Winter Olympics in Beijing because we hadn't planned to go, but surprise, we got media accreditations that we didn't expect. But because we have a shoestring budget, it's a little far to stretch it to cover a trip to China for several weeks to cover both the Winter Olympics and the Winter Paralympics. And that those, those are in six months, less than 200 days. So things are getting close. We're getting a lot of uh, communication from those games in terms of, hey, you got to pay up. So I've got hotel bills due and uh, there's going to be flights. There's going to be technology that we have to purchase and a little bit more than that. So we could really use your help in funding that. So and. The reason we want to go is to bring you a better podcasting experience, to go behind the scenes and find out what is the what at the games. And 
add some color to what you're seeing on television. So if you value this podcast and you are looking forward to the Winter Olympics, please consider funding our Kickstarter project. You can find out more about our campaign and check out our supporter bonuses. We are sending postcards from the Olympics. We, you could be a producer and choose what we cover on a given day. So please check that out at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. Artistic swimming team competition got off today. Team competition is so fun. It, it is very interesting compared to the duet because they can do so many more lifts and throws and, and a lot of other formations. Swimmers were flying everywhere. <laughs> I did have this on, but it was very, very strange because three Shukflastanis three were competing at the same time, and I was trying to watch all of it. Yes, well, I did watch this exclusively. So Jacqueline Simino and Team Canada are in fifth. Uh, ahead of them are Japan, Ukraine, China, and in first place uh, was ROC, who was absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Canada did score over 90, so that was their goal, and they are in good shape. Not as many crazy themes this time. Maybe they saved the, the we, themes for the The, the free program? Yeah, yeah, yeah they probably... We did have a masquerade ball, which if you're a figure skating fan, you know this music. Oh, right. It's a masquerade waltz that you will hear a hundred times. But the Canadian team did a 90s hip hop. That was really cool. I really liked their music. But if you look carefully, there is the dance sprinkler move <laughs> in their choreography. It is worth watching again. And and. You can see how much Jacqueline loves to perform because her her smile just lights up everything while she's in the pool. It's she's just really amazing, I think, and not right, just because cool. she's a Shuklastani. <laughs> well, that too. Coolest choreography goes to Spain, who included Japanese sign language. This was going on as somebody else was going on, and I want to go back and watch that because I wanted to see what Japanese sign language looks like. Right. It's hard to tell what is just the choreography versus the sign language, unless you're more familiar, I think, with both uh, artistic swimming and sign language. Okay. But the gesture was was mm -hmm. amazing. And I, had there been Japanese in the stands, oh, it nice. would have been fantastic. Nice. Did you see the Ukrainian go when their music was they had the wrong music queued up yeah the poor ukrainians had the wrong music queued and well they didn't do it who was ever in charge of the music and they go to start and it's the wrong music and they all just sort of look around like oh and they all walk off regroup walk back on and did it a beautiful performance they did and it's interesting because they have to do all that deck work with no music so they come and they come out and they do their whole deck work routine which gets to be uh, these deck work things get a little elaborate and then they're in their pose and the wrong music starts and it it is really weird and and i wonder what that did to their concentration and focus it didn't seem to do much because they did do a fantastic job but uh it, it has to be a little unsettling well the announcer made a comment that they actually that teams practice that because that seems to be a common issue Really? That they actually practice starting and stopping and having to start over. That is interesting. A, interesting, but B, I think I have my next volunteer job or officiating job, depending on what that is ranked, because it cannot be that hard to cue up the right music for everybody. Come on. Let's do better artistic swimming. Clearly, you've never been a stage manager in a college production. <laughs> no, I've never been. No, but... <laughs> oh, man. Let's move on to athletics. We started the day off with the men's 50-kilometer race walk. This is the last time it will be in the Olympics, much to the consternation of many of the athletes. That's because for Paris 2024, they have to have more gender parity in this event. And currently the men have two races and the women have one. And instead of adding a women's 50 kilometers, because I'm sure that affects our uteruses, uh, super harmful to those. They just said, well, we'll take away the 50K and put in a mixed event that is yet to be determined. 
how this is going to work. So it's pretty clear, as, as we talked with Evan Dunphy before, like somebody up there does not like the 50K race walk. I don't know why, because it's a difficult event, but they don't like it. So the uh, gold went to Poland's David Tomala, and he just, he got a break early and got in front of everyone, which was smart for him because he was really starting to slow down at the end. And had he been much closer to the chase group, they would have gotten him. And then uh, Silver went to uh, Jonathan Hilbert from Germany. And at the end, who had a last minute, not even a last minute surge, but a surge right near the end and took the bronze, our very own Evan Dunphy from Canada. Huh. Shuklistan is on the medal stand. Yay! So he was in fifth place going into about the last kilometer and a half. But he had stayed with this little group behind Tamala the whole race. There was five or six of them. But then at the end, they started to stretch out. And I was like, oh, well, he did really well. And I blinked. They went to an ad. They came back. And all of a sudden, he's crossing the finish line in third. It was fantastic. And really nice for him because race walkers don't get a whole lot of money for doing these kind of things. But Evan has recently gotten a sponsorship with Kraft Dinner, which I think we mentioned on the show during a, a Shuklistan update. And they have been so supportive of him. So Kraft Dinner said in honor of his three hour, 50 minute, 59 second time, they are donating 35,059 boxes of Kraft Dinner to the Richmond British Columbia Food Bank in his name. And having spoken to Evan, he's going to love that. He will. He really will. Good. But the announcers on this race, if you didn't watch it, were hilarious. <laughs> so first of all, they had a lot to say about Evan. He wrapped a women's stocking around his neck and it was filled with ice. They had much to say about that. And every time somebody vomited, the poor female announced there was a lot of vomiting going on because, gee, surprise, it wasn't that cool in Sapporo. <laughs> the woman was like, oh, dear, someone's vomiting or, oh, dear, that's a little, another vomit. <laughs> but the best thing she said was she mixed up some countries you know, a Latvia, Lithuania kind of thing. And she says, oh, you'll have to forgive me. I've been up since three in the morning. <laughs> and they announced the whole entire almost four hours. Yeah, and it, it is a long, long race. So I'll give them a little slack. And they, I mean, they come up with something. It's the, the race walk is interesting because it's judged. It has to be kind of on a closed course. And so... There's not much, you, you don't have much else to say about the environment when people are walking around doing laps. <laughs> so there were some fans. It was obscenely hot. They got no break by going to Sapporo. Those rider, those walkers were dumping water on themselves. They were consuming all kinds of, of fluids. There was ice flying. It was really uncomfortable. Which at, at that point, you should, they should have just left it there. And I, I, I still feel like it was a knee jerk reaction to what happened at the World Championships in 2019. And they could have done without the hassle. I mean, especially when it ended up being just as hot. We do know now where the, the Starbucks is in Sapporo because we <laughs> saw it every time they walked <laughs> past it. All right. Going uh, over to the women's 20-kilometer race walk, the gold was won by Al, uh, Antonella Palmisano from Italy. The silver was won by Sandra Lorena Arenas from Colombia, and Liu Hung from China won the bronze. This one I did not watch, I, and I watched in and out of men's race walk, too. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do for Paris 2024 on the race walk scene. Over at the Olympic Stadium... In the women's javelin, gold went to Liu Xiying from China. Uh, silver went to Maria Andrzejczyk from Poland. And Australia's Kelsey Lee Barber won the bronze. I, I mean, I went back and forth with this one, watching it. And I do want to know, there, A, maybe not so much in the women's, but I saw this. In, I saw this over time. A lot of belly flopping in javelin to prevent themselves from going over the line and fouling. 
That was interesting. And also, I want to know more about the approach because it's like high knees, high knees, high knees. Then we're going to shuffle to the side <laughs> or do like crossovers to the side and then we throw. And I want I, I really want to know how that kind of developed as the technique to do. Well, we've talked hammer and shot put. So we've got to do discus and javelin. Mm -hmm. We've still got to finish the series of people who throw things. Exactly. So we will have that before Paris 2024. Definitely. In the men's 5,000 meters, gold went to Uganda's Joshua Chiptegi, silver went to Canada's Mohamed Ahmed, and bronze went to the U.S.'s Paul Chelimo. I actually, I took a nap during some of the track and field because I got up at 4 o'clock to watch uh, karate. So it was, I just couldn't stay awake anymore, and all of a sudden I woke up and I missed a couple of events that I had planned on seeing. So... Uh, but that I heard that Uganda was going crazy because they've won a few medals and they've done really well at in the tra in the athletics part of the competition. So uh, that's that's nice. In the women's 400 meters, gold went to Bahamas Shawnee Miller Weibo, silver went to Dominican Republic's Mary Lady Paulino, and bronze went to the U.S.'s Allison Felix. The bronze was her tenth Olympic medal that has made her the most decorated uh, American athletics athlete and she's tied with carl lewis for the most medals i did watch it live and shawnee just dominated this race really fun to watch and they all collapse at the end because <laughs> it's a 400 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but everyone looks strong and allison was a bit behind and she pulled it out in the end to get the bronze so congratulations yeah, it was to her. very tight finish for that mm -hmm. bronze mm-hmm after the 400 meters was the women's 1500 meter. And this is about when I was waking up. So I have <laughs> in and out memories of what was actually happening. But gold went to uh, Kenya's Faith Kipyugan. Silver went to Great Britain's Laura Muir. And bronze went to Netherlands' Sifan Hassan. Hassan was the one who fell in one of the earlier heats, got up, and then qualified for the final, uh, even though she was way behind the pack. So pretty amazing. Excellent that she got on the podium. Laura Muir was over the moon at getting on the medal stand. She has been just short of getting a medal before in previous Olympics, but now she's made it on the stand. So congratulations to her and to all three. It looked like a tough race from what my, my hazy brain thought. meters. Yeah, that's so hard. That's so hard. Um, then we moved over to the relays for the last two events of the evening. First, it was the women's four by 100 meter relay. Jamaica took the gold, U.S. took silver, and bronze went to Great Britain. This one seemed anticlimactic to me because nobody knew if Jamaica won right away. Right. There was a problem with the handoff between runners one and two if they had been outside the zone. And everyone's waiting for the official results waiting and it's not coming up but we're all sort of congratulating each other anyway mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable right yeah getting our flags and, and even it never felt like there was a big oh the gold goes to jamaica or well you know why because even if it got posted on the board there's no crowd that you get the sudden huge reaction from and then they feed off of that but that that was a just it felt like a weird race to me very very disjointed much like all these games that this games has been um, and then we closed out the evening with a men's 4 by 100 meter relay. It was a photo finish at the end. Gold went to Italy, silver went to Great Britain, and Canada took the bronze. That one was tough. This was a race. This was how the 4 by 100 should look. Mm -hmm. Neck and neck, switching places with each runner. Just so exciting. The heartbreak was Japan dropped the baton. Oh, yeah. And they were really in a good position to potentially medal and of course being at home they wanted to but you could see just like they kept running and kept running like oh you look like you're going to get out of the zone and they just could not pass the baton and I, I kind of wonder what happened there technically technically but it, it just it was a heartbreak for them and then kind of the other heartbreak was Great Britain's anchor runner was looked like he knew he was in the lead and then Italy just came up and put that head out and got the head over the line first and and took the gold away. It was really a tough, a, a tough yet exhilarating race to watch. This has to be Italy's best athletics performance 
Oh, it's if amazing. not ever they're in am- a very long time. It, yeah, they're just so amazing in this one. All right, let's go over to the basketball arena where it was the women's semifinals. U.S. Just trounced Serbia 79-59, and Japan beat France 87-71. Ooh, this is going to be a good final. USA versus... USA-Japan. Yeah, that's tomorrow. Okay, putting that on my list. In beach volleyball, we rounded out the women's competition. Gold went to USA's Kleiman and Ross, and they handily beat uh, Australia's Artacho, Del Solar, and Clancy. And then bronze went to Verge Dupree and Heydrich, who also won their their match 2-0. In boxing, we had more semifinals and finals. The finals were in the men's heavyweight division this time. Gold went to ROC's Muslim Kajimagodimov. Kajimagodimov. Silver went to Julia Lacruz from Cuba, and bronzes went to Abner Teixeira from Brazil and David Naika from New Zealand. In canoe sprint, I did not get back to watch the races from a couple days ago when they had uh, some finals, and they had another day of heats and quarterfinals, so tomorrow's going to be semifinals and finals for them. Got to go check out the canoe venue. So over in track cycling, we had uh, the women's Madison event final and then the men's sprint final. And the women had some early stages of their sprint races as well. You did get to watch this. I watched the Madison. You must watch the Madison. You will have absolutely no idea what is going on. It is the demolition derby of cycling. It is fantastic. It is 120 laps everybody's on the velodrome at the same time people are crashing people are flying they grab each other's hands and slingshot each other i didn't know what was going on i didn't care it was fantastic this sounded when when i read about this event it sounded like the short track speed skating relay thing that mass start where they i i don't even know what the event is now because my brain is fried it's long track mass start no 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 no. it's the short track where where they they have different teammates go out and they skate maybe a f- three or four laps and then their teammate comes in and they push them around and that person comes in. Y- you know what I'm saying? Yes. It also reminded me of the long track mass start because they have bell laps and sprints in the middle where you get points for that. Oh, nice. So it was chaos and I didn't care what was happening. It was just so much fun to watch because usually on the velodrome, it's two riders, Maybe, you know, two very nicely lined up teams of of four each. Mm -hmm. So maybe eight at the most. This was a a couple dozen. I don't know. There were just people everywhere. (laughs) Bikes were flying. People would get hurt and then come off and go back on. Chaos abounded. And I loved every minute of it. Okay. Well, go back and watch the gold going to Great Britain and the silver going to Denmark and bronze going to ROC. For Team GB's Laura Kenny, that's her fifth gold medal for these games. Uh, overall. Oh, overall. Okay, great. But she is the first British woman to win gold in three consecutive games. Ooh, that is nice. And here's my little bit of trivia for you. It is called the Madison, named after Madison Square Garden, where it was first competed. Interesting. I like it. In the men's sprint, gold went to Harry uh, Lafferson from Netherlands. Silver went to Jeffrey Hoagland from Netherlands. And bronze went to Great Britain's Jack Carlin. Did you watch any of the diving? No. Okay. I was, waiting for, I, I was waiting for the finals. Okay, because it's men's 10-meter platform prelims, so that means tomorrow is men's platform finals, and that is another one to not miss. And you definitely don't want to miss a dive when you're going off 10 meters. No, no, no. Oh, oh, diving. I got another theory from listener Brian. 14-year-old girls make smaller splashes. Oh, yeah. Those Chinese girls were not going in straight and not making any splash. And that's one of the big elements of diving is how small of a splash you can make. So the tinier the person, the smaller the splash you you, like your starting value splash is going to be a lot smaller than a 27-year-old. Well, Cynthia Potter, and we all know how I adore Cynthia Potter, the American uh, diving commentator, made a point of saying there's a difference between going in straight and a rip entry. And if judges are good, they're looking at both things separately so that you could have a rip entry but not go in straight and still lose a tenth of a point. 
So, so the Chinese diver was not going straight, but she was having a small splash? On a couple of dives, yes. Okay. That is very interesting. So I, I do want to go back and watch at least highlights if I can, but I do want to see what this whole competition looked like in comparison from the gold to other people in the competition. Over in the equestrian venue, it was the jumping, the it was the team qualifier for jumping. The top 10 teams move on. So if you are on a Jessica Springsteen watch, she is part of Team USA and they have qualified for the finals. Also, you might be interested in knowing that they took the sumo wrestler off of the jumping course. Because nobody wants to come around the bend and see a big old naked booty. Over in the football stadium, they had the gold medal match for the women. Canada defeated Sweden, tied 1-1 at the end of regulation. They had to go to a shootout, and Canada won 3-2. Doll Marnie and her drum. I think so. I think so. I will go back and watch the end of this because that had to be exciting. Sweden is a very, very tough team, and they were also one of the favorites to win it all. So congratulations to Canada for that. So they take the gold, Sweden takes the silver, and as we know, bronze went to USA. And in the men's side, they had the men's bronze medal match, and Mexico defeated Japan 3-2-1. Over on in the golf tournament, women had the third round of individual stroke play. And actually, we have a little bit of an update. There are tropical storms forecasted that could cause delays in the tournament. So they may actually shorten it down from four rounds of 72 holes to three rounds of 54. And the worst of the weather is coming on day 16, which is tomorrow. And we'll see what happens. Well, this could also affect beach men's beach volleyball and Mm. equestrian oh and then men's soccer it it could it could very well so we shall see how that all shakes out we may be playing more games on sunday in women's handball uh was semifinals action and france defeated sweden 29 27 and roc defeated norway 27 26 oh this was a heartbreaker i had this on a little bit right as i was falling asleep for my nap this morning and I think ROC was a little bit ahead I think we were going into the second half but they did a close-up of the ball and remember how when we talked with Sarah Gascon how they she talked about how they have sticky on their hands so that the ball sticks to it all that sticky had been coming off on the ball and was all gunked up all over it <laughs> little girl someone's got to wash that ball I know I know in hockey news it was the women's victory day so a gold went to Netherlands. They beat Argentina three to one. And then the bronze match, Great Britain defeated India four to three. I saw this match. It was heartbreaking. It was so close. And India was coming back. Oh. They just ran out of time. Oh, that is a heartbreaker because it would have been so great if the men and the women had both won the bronzes. <sighs> but next time you got three more years, you'll get it next time. That is also a very the women's team is also young. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. In karate, it was the men's kata, and then we had some kumite action for both men and women. For men's kata, uh, Japan's uh, Kiyuna Ryu won gold, Spain's uh, Damien Quintero won silver, and bronze went to Ariel Torres from the U.S. For women's kumite, the 61-kilo division, gold went to Serbia's Jovana Prekovic, Silver went to China's Ying Xiaoyan, and bronzes went to Turkey's Merv Koban and Egypt's Gianna Lofty. In the men's 75 kilo, kilo Kumite division, oh, this was a heartbreaker because I did get up at four o'clock to watch this. I tuned it in just as Tom Scott was taking the tatami. <sighs> he went, they had pool play, and he ended up going two and two. He lost his first match to, um, he lost his first match to uh, Japan's Nishimura Ken, who was one of the favorites to win this this uh, tournament, I, I understood. And that was kind of a heartbreaker. He won his second bout handily against uh, the Hungarian Karoli Gabor Harspataki and then lost to Ukraine's Stanislav Haruna. 
Then his last bout was to with Egypt's Abdallah Abdelaziz, and he won 7-6. And I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think the Egyptian was coming back. He also got a kick in the head that was too hard, they said. Because remember how Tom said you, you got to really control those punches and kicks. It's not meant to be forceful. But he took he did take a pretty bad kick to the head. So in looking at these things, he had a 2-2 two and two record and was on the bubble. The top two, there were... Uh, Five people in his pool. The top two moved on to the semifinal rounds. And the last bout of the pool was the Hungarian versus the Japanese. And in the last second, two seconds, the Hungarian pulled it out and won. And that meant he won on basically on points to propel himself up over Tom and over the Japanese person who had been... uh, who ended up being also two and two. And that was just heartbreaking for both Tom and Ken Nishimura. So that was it for his uh, Olympics, but he did have two great bouts and the announcers loved him. They kept calling him captain America and, and all these things. It was that. So that was on, that was fun, but it was, it was disappointing that that's how it shook out on points, but it was great to see him. And I hope he had a good Olympics. I mean, he, he did not expect to be there until a couple of weeks ago. Right. And then he shows up and, and has a good, a, a pretty good tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, gold went to Italy's Luigi Busa. Silver went to Azerbaijan's uh, Rafael Agayev. And bronzes went to Ukraine's Stanislav Haruna and Hungary's Karoli Harspataki. In modern pentathlon action, it was the women's competition. So yesterday they had the fencing ranking round, and today was swimming, the fencing bonus round, the riding, and the laser run. So when I woke up, I the riding portion was starting, and our Shuklastani Samantha uh, Schultz had a pretty good swim and was doing well. She was the third on the horse, and got through with just one pull down, and she had a little bit of a time penalty. But um, she did really well on the horse portion. I know she won her heat in swimming. So, yes, she won her heat in swimming, which was great. And then in the equestrian portion, she ended up finishing 17th, which was good because she going third, you never know how things are going to be, and you never know your horse. She li- looked a little maybe apprehensive like she could have been more in command or gone for it more but I was really happy because she's had some competitions where she's been thrown from the horse or just you never know what you're going to get with a horse and being able to control it and ride fairly cleanly is a pretty good event I think because oh this was horrid Going into the equestrian portion, Germany's Annika Schloy was leading by by handy margin, and she was expected to win. Her horse was not having it. And she when she rode, it was the second round that all these horses went because they have to go twice over the course, and they split the riders in half. So Group A gets a horse first, and then Group B gets a horse second. Well, Annika Schloy was the second group to get to be on the horses, And her horse was done before they even started. The horse did not want to take her commands and you could see how distressed she was looking. They didn't even have a close up of her and you could see how distressed she looked because she couldn't control the horse enough to even start the course. That's how bad it was. And then the horse refused jumps. And once she refused jumps twice, you you couldn't jump it again. Otherwise you'd get more penalties than you would for refusing the horse refused jumps and Finally, she just couldn't control it anymore, and I don't think it, maybe she fell off. I, I honestly can't remember and didn't take good notes, but um, it essentially ended with the horse refusing so much that they had to stop, and she was eliminated from that portion of the competition, meaning she got zero points, and forget it, your competition is done then. yeah. So she did go on and, and do the laser run portion, but pretty much there was no way she was catching up at that point. So that was, she was just distraught and sobbing as, and she got it together for the rest of the race. So that's a pro, but still that was really, really tough. But uh, Samantha, I do not love that horse. I do. I, this is the hard part of modern pentathlon. And I get that it's 
a, I get that it's an Olympic, like the Olympic event. It was created for the Olympics by the Olympics founder, Pierre de Coubertin. But somehow, you know, like the more we learn about Pierre and how he didn't like women and how he just had some weird ideas, this one I think could start getting to be in the weird idea. I mean, it is... <laughs> I'm like, like starting to get into the weird idea. <laughs> the, the sport is bizarre. It's fantastic. The athletes are fantastic, mm-hmm. but the idea of it is, is bizarre. You, I understand it's, you know, all the skills of a soldier, but it's weird. And it's weird that they don't get to know their horses. And it's weird that they use the same horses twice, especially in the heat. But mm-hmm. no wonder that horse refused. It was probably like, what the heck? I'm not doing that again. That was hot. Maybe. But I and I didn't really because, again, it's we are at like four in the morning, five in the morning at this point. Uh, So I didn't pay attention to how the horses did the second time they went on the course, Uh, because some people could control them and some people couldn't. And there are days where you just don't get to control your horse. Um, But uh, Samantha, as always, did well in the laser run portion so Samantha actually came in 14th on the laser run, but of course she's starting from way down and she ended up finishing 21st overall, which I think that's a pretty good result for Samantha. I mean, this is not a sport that we do a lot in the United States, so there's not a lot of funding for it. And compared to some other countries in Europe where there's a bigger tradition of modern pentathlon. So the medals went to... Uh, gold went to Kate French from Great Britain. She just on the laser run got so far ahead of everybody else by the third or fourth shooting. It, it, it was basically they focused on who was going to get the silver and the bronze because that's where the race was. And uh, did she run away with it? She did. <laughs> that she did. And silver went to Lithuania's Laura Ostiskite, and Hungary's Sorolta Kovacs won the bronze. Oh, rhythmic gymnastics competition started today. <laughs> and it, it was the individual all-around qualifiers. I did watch some of this. The apparatuses are, they did first the hoop and the ball. And then in the second round, they did the clubs and the ribbon. I think so. Because I watched the I watched the first half. You, I watched some of this. I still don't understand why. I understand that it's complex and there are elements. I, I honestly think there are a lot of things we've gotten very very picky about stuff because there's nothing else to judge. Kind of things, and yes. and a couple of people lost their apparatuses off the mat. It happens. Unfortunately, rhythmic gymnastics has become like the ice dancing of the 80s where you knew who was going to win before the competition happened. Mm -hmm. So it it needs a revamp. It needs some help. So unless one of the Averinas drops something, they're going to run away with it. And it's pretty to watch, but it's no fun as a competition because it's already all decided before they get out there. Right. And you're talking about the twins from ROC. Yes. Dina Avarina and an arena Avarina. I got nothing. I, I know I'm trying. I'm really trying with rhythmic. Not a, not a super fan of this one, but uh, they are flexible. The costumes are really cool. I would argue on that because they are, again, with the, can we get more crystals onto a leotard? And could we take, can we put more skin-toned mesh on a leotard and cover up fewer body parts? That's really where it is because they're trying to create those really long lines with things. And it it just, after a while, you're like, why are you even bothered to wear anything? Should I get off your lawn now? You can, you can fight, fight me. Come on, fight me. (laughs) (laughs) come at me bro i'll fight you after the final watch the finals and then we'll talk all right well i'm looking forward to that in sport climbing we had the women's uh combined final competition with uh speed bouldering and lead climbing gold went to slovenia's yanya garbrett korea's uh seo cha jung one silver and Austria's Jessica Pilz won bronze. 
you were absolutely right about the announcer for sport climbing. I watched the finals. He did a fantastic job explaining what was going on, what they were trying to accomplish, where we were in the competition. It was outstanding. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting. I mean, bouldering is the hardest section to watch. And I think it's the longest segment to watch just because everybody gets four minutes per problem. And eventually you start getting four people out there because they move further and further down the course. But it does take it does move quite slowly while you're watch some watching somebody think through a problem. It might be more exciting in person, but sometimes it's tough on TV. I wonder if they should have put the speed round last. I wonder too. I wonder if they have that separate, maybe the, maybe they're tired by the end. I wonder what the, the tiring factor is between disciplines. I don't know, but I think, I think it's a good addition. I'm looking forward to it again in Paris, but I think they are breaking speed off into its own competition. Over in table tennis, the men's team competition finished up. Gold went to China, who won 3-0 over Germany, and Japan defeated Korea for the bronze. Uh, they won 3-1. Volleyball, it was the women's semifinals. USA defeated Serbia 3-0, and Brazil defeated Korea 3-0. So it'll be USA versus Brazil for the win, and or for the gold, and Serbia and Korea for the bronze. USA, Brazil, and volleyball, man. You know, it's going to be exciting. Oh. In water polo, we had the men's classification matches and some semifinals. Uh, Croatia defeated Montenegro 12 to 10 for seventh and eighth place. USA defeated Italy 7 to 6 for fifth and sixth. I did watch some of this match and it was good. It was back and forth and back and forth. And uh, the U.S. pulled it out in the end and, and held off Italy. In the semifinals, uh, Greece beat Hungary 9-6, to and Serbia beat Spain 10-9. to It'll be Greece and Serbia for the gold, and Hungary and Spain for the bronze. In wrestling, we had uh, more men's freestyle action and women's freestyle action. In the men's 74 kilos, gold went to ROC's Zalbrek Zidikov. Silver went to Belarus's Mohamed Khabib. Uh, Kazia Madu and bronze went, bronzes went to USA's Kyle Dake and uh, Uzbekistan's Beksad Abdurakhmanov. In, and that one I want to go back and see because I want to watch Kyle Dake. He was explosive in the trials beating uh, USA's Jordan Burroughs to get to the Olympics. And uh, he had a tough match that put him in the repassage for bronze. So I want to see how he pulled it out here. In the women's freestyle 53 kilos, gold went to Japan's Mukaida Mayu, silver went to China's Peng Shangyu, and bronze, bronzes went to Belarus's Vanessa Kaladzinskaya and Mongolia's uh, Borlatuja Batochir. And thank you to the dulcet tones of Jason Bryant for pronunciations on that one. <laughs> and finally, in the men's Freestyle, 125 kilo. Oh, my goodness. This, it, you just have to go back and watch this bout. It was amazing. The gold medal bout. Gable Stevenson from the U.S. won gold. He beat Gino uh, Petrashvili from Georgia with about 0.2 seconds left on the clock. He Yes, he got a takedown, two points that put him over. It was amazing how he did that. Uh, so you got to go back and watch this bout. And bronzes went to Ta Taha Akul from Turkey and Amir Zare from Iran. And that does it. We're getting close to the end of wrestling competition, which means we're getting to end. <laughs> we're getting close to the end of the tongue twister names. We thought we, you thought you'd ease off when weightlifting was over. But oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Then the Mongolians come in and just... <laughs> Let's put some more vowels in there. And you usually do very well with Eastern European names. Well, you know, with a name like Jairus and somebody who, and we created a country called Shuklistan for crying out loud. See, I'm happy the Italians are doing well because that's the only names I can help you with. <laughs> the Italians, sometimes the Spaniards, mm -hmm. occasionally the Portuguese, but anything else I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> 
All right. We'd like to take a second to thank our Patreon patrons. Your ongoing financial contributions greatly help finance the show and help keep our flame alive. If you are interested in making an ongoing contribution to the show, please check out patreon.com slash flame alive pond. Patrons, we cannot do this without you. So we really appreciate your support. All right. Shuklistan watch for tomorrow. Jacqueline Simino and Team Canada will compete for the podium in the team free program in artistic swimming. Excellent. I hope they get over 90 again. That's really, that's kind of one of those barriers for them, right? Yes. Excellent. All right. It is time to say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. Please don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach our goal of bringing you on-the-ground coverage at Beijing. We're about 26% funded right now. We'd like to get it a little bit higher by the end of the Olympics so that we're in in a comfortable place going into the Paralympics and the end of the Kickstarter campaign. As we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening, and until tomorrow, keep the flame alive.